Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 179 of the Power Company podcast brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. I've said this a bunch of times recently because things are crazy around here, but I'm not going to go on and on in this intro. In fact, I just want to get into this conversation because this is an important one. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and if you are a longtime listener, you'll remember Jocelyn Corredor from episode 106. We talked about her experience with breast cancer, having a, a double mastectomy, and the identity crisis of sorts that goes along with that, especially when you're an athlete and your identity, your sport is stripped away from you and you're not sure how you're going to make it back. That can be devastating. And Jocelyn's experience and our conversation on the podcast led her to want to work with women having a similar experience. And it makes me incredibly proud to have been a minuscule part of getting that story out there and helping Joss find this mission that she's on now. Uh, She's recently started a GoFundMe for scholarships for women to train with her who are also experiencing similar things that Joss did with breast cancer, with identity, and helping them find their athletic identity again. It's so important. I'm so grateful to be able to be a part of this conversation, to be a part of this story again. And I'm just going to jump into this thing so that you can learn more about it. There will be links after you're done listening so that you can donate to the scholarship program to help women train with Joss. There will also be a number of links for more information on breast cancer and breast cancer awareness right there in your show notes in your pocket supercomputer all right let's get into it and that's when i decided to do the grant program so i could allow five women to get training that couldn't afford it First, though, how did COVID affect what you're doing in Boulder? You know, I, I got some calls, um, especially the guys from the Thundercling mm-hmm. um, called me and asked me how coaching was going for me. And we just happened to be in a really good situation yeah. where we were already all remote anyway. So I was like, well, we're perfectly set up, but I'm definitely thinking about these other coaches who are based in gyms and you know have 
clients that come and see them regularly. Mm-hmm. And if you're based in a gym, do you even have the the contact info for all of your clients? You know, things like that. So how did it affect you? I think that's a really, really good point. I mean, I actually had a chunk of people reach out to me over social media wanting to know how or you know, what I was doing. Same thing. I think everyone was kind of either worried about each other or yeah, almost wanting to know how they could learn from someone else. Um, I was hybrid already. So I just essentially kept my clients and then just had them do virtual training, which Mm -hmm. was awesome. I was really freaked out. Um, and freaked out by like the possibility of losing all the clients. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't have blamed them. You know, a lot of people, we're in a pinch for money and the reality is is training is not a necessity yeah it's a luxury item it's a luxury yeah and so I mean yeah I I definitely was thankful that I was hybrid and I was able to just kind of continue on with those clients and I actually ended up doing better which was super good weird and I felt guilty honestly Mm. um I I didn't have to pay gym fees, right? Because everyone was then virtual. Right. Um, which uh, you know, you yep. did the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was super thankful. And I did have other friends that were trainers and strength coaches who struggled, you know? And yeah. um, a lot of people who had to go on unemployment. So I think it was a really good time if you were in the right place, already had things set up. And then if you were in school, you know, if you're in school yeah. already, but not graduating yet. Yeah. So, yeah. The guilt, it's, you know, I felt a little bit of that as well. You know, I made this really conscious decision to not try to upsell people during that time because we were already set up so well. I'm like, let the other coaches make the money. I don't want to upsell. But then I also wanted to give people a place where they could just get workouts. So we put a free section of our app for oh, people to use. Yeah. And and it got so busy that I was like, are we doing the wrong thing by giving people this free thing they can do? We're not giving them any instruction. We're just like, these are some workouts you can do. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to push people toward other coaches. You know, if they had a lot of questions, I'm like, you'd be better off with a coach. And we're packed. So here are these other coaches. And yeah. But that guilt is real when you start doing better in a time when a lot of people are in that a crisis. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, um, that's interesting. Yeah. I, <laughs> I totally forgot that I ended up, um, I did, uh, what is it? Instagram live. Yeah. Workout videos. Yeah. So um, that became fairly popular and I tried to be really consistent. And I feel like I was just busting my ass the whole time during quarantine because what else was I going to do? I didn't feel like we could go climbing. Yeah. There was also a lot of weird stigma with that, especially in Boulder, because you know, can you go outside? What's the right thing to do? Um, yeah, there's... I stopped I stopped climbing outside, even though I'm in this tiny town. Yeah. More out of, like, solidarity with my clients and with all the other climbers. Because I'm like, I could totally drive 10 minutes down the road and go bouldering. And I will see no one. I don't see anyone when it's the busy season. Mm-hmm. So I could, but I'm not going to. And there's 
this weird ownership too. So yeah. some people, you know, depending on the area, felt that they owned right. a certain area and right. didn't want anyone but locals to go there. And it just all got really weird. So yeah, the best thing um, I felt was to just not go. Mm -hmm. um, we did at the time live um, right by this awesome trail. So I, I felt that it was okay to go trail running. Yeah. So I ended up running a lot more and then really just doing a lot of hit workouts and trying to same offer free classes. Um, but yeah, it does get tricky because then you end up, how many people are doing the free classes? Right. Are they going to even get hurt? You can't see what they're doing. Right. You know, is that the correct thing for them to be doing? I don't really teach group classes that much anymore. Mm -hmm. I just started doing some virtual, but I can see everyone. Right. And so during the virtual classes, I will, actually correct people as they're doing it because you can see their little screen. Right. But yeah, I don't think I would ever do, you know, 30 people mm. on one because then they would be this tiny little block. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it was a, it was a tricky world for a while and, you know, something that came out of it, um, that I was really excited to see was you had, you'd set up a scholarship program for, you know, to pay for people to train with you. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I actually had this woman that I would say it's thanks to her for me going forward with this. Mm -hmm. Um, she wanted to get training and specifically when I, cause I do free consultations with people when I was talking to her, she really described wanting to work with me because there are other uh, nonprofits that offer a, a similar thing. And she actually had been working with them, but it got cut off because of COVID. And what is this thing that she was looking for? Oh, like, yes. Um, I need to get better at that. So she wanted... We all need to get better Yeah, at she that. wanted training and she was currently getting a scholarship for... Um, this nonprofit is called Barbell for Boobs. And mm -hmm. so the nonprofit offers That's whether- a great name. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. um, they were more CrossFit and uh, they would also offer, um, if someone couldn't afford gym memberships after a double mastectomy. And I really loved that idea, but I mean, I am nowhere near able to, right. you know, Absolutely. be able to allow someone to do that. <laughs> but um, it did get my, you know, juices flying and mm -hmm. ideas flying and talking to this woman, she wanted to work with me because she saw that I did more outdoor activities and it wasn't necessarily CrossFit. Right. Um, and I don't know, it's funny when you think of someone wanting to train with you, why do they want to train with you? Mm -hmm. I would say I still have a lot of imposter syndrome with people because I think that everything is out on the internet, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you can just find anything you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she specifically came to me on social media wanting to, you know, be able to hike again and maybe try climbing, maybe run more, do all these outdoor activities and saw that I had gone through it and I'm doing all these things. Yeah. So, and in fact, stronger than I was beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, and she then told me that she lost her scholarship because of COVID mm. and said she wished that she could do it, asked me how much I cost. And she currently 
is in school, isn't making that much, couldn't right. afford it. So it just broke my heart. And I yeah. just really wanted to help her. And so I told her, let me get back to you. <laughs> I have an idea. Let me just see how this goes. And that's when I decided to do the grant program so I could allow five women to get training that couldn't afford it. Um, and yeah, I currently just picked those five women. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of directions I want to go with this. But first, let me say the imposter syndrome. And I've probably said this on this podcast before. I really believe is a good thing. If you, I think if you believe you have it figured out, like if you think you're the expert, yeah. then, then you've stopped learning. And you're probably getting passed by, by the people who are still learning. And it's not going to be long true. before you're obsolete. Mm -hmm. I think that imposter syndrome keeps us learning, keeps us hustling. And you're right. It, it all is out there on the internet. That's not why people come to you. You know, people come to you because they, they connect with you. They relate to you in some way. And, right. and your story is unique and it's powerful and it's inspiring to people. And that's why they're seeking you out. Um, so in terms of, am I the, you know, am I the best coach I can be? And I have a little imposter syndrome. Absolutely run with that. But, but when it's, am I this special person that people are reaching out to me for a good reason? No imposter syndrome there because you absolutely are. And, and I think it's amazing that you took this one story and then created this thing based off of it. And that thing is growing essentially, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I did not expect it to, I mean, I picked three months for five women. Um, so each woman would get three months of training and I just picked the price that I cost. Sure. Um, and sure. I really wasn't sure how it was going to go. I kind of threw it out there and would see what would stick, you know. Yeah. But it yeah. ended up hitting its goal in two weeks, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and it was honestly really inspiring right after Coral Cliffs had done hers. Right. And, uh, or Abby. Mm -hmm. And um also, part of that, I do have to thank Abby, because Abby, I had talked to her beforehand, and I had told her that I also felt like I didn't have a voice right when all the Black Lives Matter stuff started happening. Yeah. So it was a lot of, I I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I kind of backed off of social media for about a month, and I mean, you probably feel this way too. I mean, social media can be an exact thing for marketing, for your yep. business, especially yep. in the coaching training world. Um, so I backed off and ended up talking to a few women that then said, just you are a woman of color. And by you backing off, like I was following you. I was trying to see, right. you know, you were inspiring, but I didn't feel like I had the voice. So I also backed off. But then when this other woman had asked and needed help, I then wanted to help. So I found the only way was going to be starting something, which kind of broke that bubble a little bit, which was nice. Um, 
but yeah, there's, there's so much going on right well, now. I think it's really important to have that like mission, you know, to have yeah. this clear goal that you're, or, you know, clear in air quotes, because mm-hmm. we all know that a clear goal can become something totally different down totally. the road and you have to be ready for that and available for that. But especially in a time where there are mixed signals flying around and everybody is the like de facto expert, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. We really have to sit back and kind of take stock of our own beliefs, ideas, and move forward with how we think our platform is best serving those ideas. You know, it's hard to do in a in a world that moves as fast and as aggressively as Instagram does, or especially oh, so as Facebook does, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, stepping back isn't a bad thing, but I'm glad you found the mission that allowed you to step back in and say, here's, here's some good I can do. Here's where my voice is yeah. needed. And, and here's what I'm going to do with it. Totally. And I, I'm super thankful for, you know, one, that woman that needed it and said, yeah. hey, Joss, I need you, you know, or I want this. And other women saying, hey, what are you doing? Like I was watching you. Because yeah. <laughs> you never know. You don't. Totally. You can never see or you don't necessarily get the feedback. Even when I was doing the virtual classes, I had absolutely no idea who was watching right. <laughs> the whole time. Because, you know, when you're on the other side, you can't see who's watching. Right. Um, and which was also hard, you know, you're teaching a class to no one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I then went forward with making the grant and, uh, did a GoFundMe and, uh, created an application and had 25 women, you know, and are all of these women who are applying cancer survivors, mastectomy double mastectomy what's the yeah so it's um it's a range i think um you know i had women apply who yes are still going through chemo and right, radiation right. um and then i had people who were similar to me and who had done it prophylactically um so doing mm-hmm. it more preventatively and it was hard it was really hard to choose um I am, I actually gave myself a deadline, put it out there. I was like, yes, this is going to help me choose when I will choose these women. Mm-hmm. I ended up having multiple times to go on the internet and say, sorry, I still haven't chosen, even though if I had this deadline, because I was having such a hard time deciding. Sure. And I get that. And then I, again, the guilt <clears throat> again, came back because I wanted to choose all of them, but I, I right. couldn't, you know, yeah. I cannot, I can't, I also have to pay for food and sure. survive. So, um, yeah, I could only pick five and it was really hard. Um, but it was really cool to see that there is a need for it. Mm -hmm. So it only inspired me to want to put out more. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of thinking of things I can do for this coming up month in October since it's breast cancer awareness month. Um, and hopefully we can, you know, have another round of women join too. Um, but yeah, some of the women have started and it's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just different. I love, love working with climbers. Some women have applied that were climbers too. And, um, yeah, it's just different. 
you know, it's it's a different perspective too. Yeah. So. Where are these women hearing about you from? Do you know? Like, how did they find you? Yeah. Uh, so, um, there is this nonprofit called the Breastings, and they were awesome to share about mm. the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much when I it was tricky with nonprofits because when I was asking for the grants for people to donate to basically create this scholarship for the different women. Um, I didn't know this, but when you ask a nonprofit if like they can share it, they actually really can't because they're doing their own thing. So, and I mean, it was so much learning as I did this. Um, So I then stopped kind of asking people until I had the application ready. And then mm. I asked people to share the application and that made a lot more sense. Once sure. I had gotten the money to just give away the scholarships and then people could apply and um, go forth from there. Is Did most of the money come from the climbing community in this first round of grants? Honestly, um, I would say it was maybe... 30%. Yeah, it wasn't a huge, huge percentage. I think I I thought I would hit hard with the climbers because I felt that was more of where yeah. you know, I was placed, but um there was so uh there's a chunk of people that you know, you just never know in this world. Like it was anonymous and it would be $200. Like I have mm. no idea where that came from. And right. Sure. I don't know, you know, and you just think of people being weird in this pandemic and then that happens and it's just a really nice person you know yeah so you have no idea um yeah and i think it was a time that you know sort of it brought out the best and the worst in people yes i would agree yeah and a lot of i saw so many people becoming philanthropists becoming helpful, caring in a way that I hadn't seen them do before. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned Abby and Coral Cliffs because they had this amazing fundraiser and Abby's one of my dream guests on the podcast. I just have to get to Florida and make it happen. Um, or make her come here. <laughs> yeah. Either way, Abby, are you listening? Yeah. Um, and it was so amazing to watch that. And then there's also all of these other fundraising things going on. And it's like, mm-hmm. we're all being bombarded constantly with give money here, give money here, give money here. And the climbing community, maybe whether right or wrong has this, like this, I can't even think of the word. Um, we, we look like, dirtbags who never want to pay anything you know like we all want the pro deal for shoes we don't want to pay full price you know who wants to do that yeah um so trying to get climbers to give money has always felt like this kind of interesting proposition Mm -hmm. and but i saw it happening a lot and and then when your thing popped up originally i was like oh this is cool you know a, a climber working within the community raising money for this thing that obviously is needed right now because people are 
paying us for training, paying other coaches for training. They can't go to the gym right now. Mm -hmm. And everyone's thinking about physical fitness, which might seem like this. I mean, we called it a luxury item in the beginning of this, but it's also mental health, you know, and that's something that's sorely needed in a lot of cases. So it just felt really cool to see, see people making those things happen. Yeah. I think that was another thing that was difficult to, I mean, bring it back to just the mental health piece. A lot of my clients were also so thankful that they were, you know, already locked in, already knew what they were doing, knew the language, because it does take a second to work with a coach. Like you need to learn the way that they speak or cue. Um, Yeah. And the coach needs to learn each individual person. Yeah. Yeah. So they were also so thankful every time we were on virtually that they got to still meet up, you know, and already kind of had that locked in to whether it's budgeting for it or scheduling, um, because it can be difficult to just even begin and to start, um, and be consistent, but they already had that down pre pandemic. So they were psyched to just honestly have the time to put into training because that was another huge thing that I saw a lot of clients were the most consistent I've ever seen them. Yeah, absolutely. Because they had time. And it's such a weird thing to see, you know, you saw people making bread and, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing whatever a was popular. A lot of bread. Yeah. And, I mean, we were guilty too. We made yeah. bread, um, baked a lot, ran a lot. Um, so people just did things that you wouldn't just stop to do. So, yeah, I think. Yes, training goes into that mental health, and I had to kind of switch my mindset because at first, yeah, the guilt came, then I tried to help, then the guilt came back. Yeah. And it's just like you go through these cycles almost. Yeah, and you know, we talked a lot in our first interview, the first time you were on the podcast, we talked a lot about identity and how mm-hmm. how your battle with cancer affected your identity as an athlete, um, as a a track athlete and then as a climber and and all of these women are experiencing the same thing with with their cancer but also with covid at the same time like uh, I've I've talked to so many climbers who are like am I still a climber I don't really know I haven't climbed in this many months and I don't know if my gym's opening back up so am I still a climber am I still an athlete so so not only do they have Am I a the, the cancer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have the cancer affecting their identity and how they feel, but also COVID. And then your program comes in at a time when a lot of people are struggling with who am I, what am I, what's my worth, you know, if I'm not that anymore. Yeah, so. I think that it will be really helpful. I think three months is enough time to at least get women being consistent and hopefully give them the tools to, whether it's work out on their own or, you know, because none of these women or let's see. Yeah. None of them are in Colorado. So are local to me. Right. right. Um, I did have a few that were local and it was so tempting, but I tried hard to do the financial need Sure. Rather than just 
their story, which everyone's story was right. so <laughs> heartfelt and awesome. And I had some athletes that applied. And of yep. course, being an athlete, I wanted to choose the athlete immediately. Yep. But it also felt a little selfish at the same time for me to just go with that rather than just financial need. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in the future, I hope that I can just offer it to financial and maybe, maybe it's a tiered system, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I haven't quite figured that out. But for now, I will continue to raise money, especially this next month. And I haven't quite decided how I want to do it, whether it's just going to be virtual classes or maybe some sort of program that goes straight to the grant program, but there will be something. Okay. Yeah. Are you envisioning this as an ongoing grant program that just happens either, you know, every three months or annually, or is it just a, a thing that's constantly ongoing? What's your vision yeah. here? Yeah, uh, that's an awesome question. If we can talk no, through yeah. those things. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good because I honestly get too excited about stuff and uh, my partner is to almost hold me back yeah. a little bit because I want to do everything at once and yeah um, I guess I'm super thankful for him because I mean he is in law school so he's always trying to have everything you know legal yeah. and almost so perfect that you know sometimes it doesn't always have to be perfect right he's he's hyper rational <laughs> yes. and... um, but at the same time, I think it yeah is good to talk about it. I think that I would like to do every at least minimum once a year, and I think no either November or October, um, just kind of leading up because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of um, companies that do want to put forth and donate sure. to that. Um, yeah. But it'd be cool, you know, to also have it ongoing to mm -hmm. allow more women all the time to do it. But like I said, there were women that were still going through chemo and radiation and they can't start training yet. So some of the women that I accepted into the grant program, um, I, you know, had their consultation and realized that I can't even start working with them for another two months. Sure. So it's going to kind of you know, it'll be spread out through the next six to eight months, mm -hmm. um, those five women that I chose. So I think starting off with maybe once or twice a year, so maybe 10 women a year might be a really good start. But yeah, yeah we'll see. I would love to start a nonprofit, but the more that I've learned about it, it's it's a lot of work. I like so. I like this. I like this thinking out loud thing, you know, yeah. we, the first time we talked, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I got the feeling that you were still kind of testing the waters in your head. Yeah, of, I totally was. You know, and, and then it grew into this thing. And, and I think it's these kind of conversations that help, you know, especially if you're willing to put them out to the world. And well, it's accountability too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so important to put those words out there and then you've got people asking you about it and, yeah you know oh, I heard this thing what's going on well so I actually met this other woman who ended up giving she was so so generous and just loved the story and currently works at um in an on oncologist company and she 
then told me, Joss, if you were to make a nonprofit, you realize the company that I work for will actually match mm. other people's donations. I didn't even know that companies did that. So to even learn that that was a thing, yeah, um, kind of just opened up more doors or ideas rather than doors. And so it kind of just got me thinking, maybe what could I do? You know, of course I got too excited. <laughs> <laughs> went back to went back to my partner, then said, "Hey, I'm gonna start a nonprofit." He goes, "No, no, no, <laughs> you you got to take a step back. Let's make you know." So we have this whiteboard that we then you know put all yeah. these ideas out, and we started then looking at the legal side. How do you you know break things down? What do you need to do? What mm -hmm. are the next steps? What? Why would you even do this? What? What is insurance like? Why do people not even get this covered? So, so many different things. Right. Um, and I realized I didn't even know enough about insurance. Right. So, um, it, there, it's going to require a lot more work. So, it could be another couple years, but um, I definitely won't stop. So, yeah, you're on the path. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm glad for that. Let's talk details about your about your program and yeah. who it's for exactly, how it works, um, what they're getting from it. I know, you know, we've talked about it a little, but if there are people out there listening who think I would like to apply this or apply for this, or I know someone who I would like to, you know, send this episode to because they should apply or something totally. like that. Let's, yes. let's talk a little bit of the details that you currently know. I know it's still forming. Mm -hmm. Um, but tell me about it. What's the application look like? Yeah. So um, I actually have, and I'm just going to leave it on there um, so people can apply, you know, whether or not they get this round. I'm not throwing mm. the applications away. I'm right. pretty much saving everyone's. And Got it. Um, I want, I mean, ideally it goes down the list, right? Mm. Um, so the application is on social media. It's right on the link and then I have multiple links and one of them is the mastectomy um, application. So and we'll have that in the show notes right there in your pocket supercomputers awesome. too. So, <laughs> And uh, I do, and this is good that you're asking this, I do need to add it to my website too, mm -hmm. just in case someone does go to the website and it, that's not on there. But um, yeah, I've had so many, I feel like there's so many women that already applied. I just needed to continue the grant program. Sure. So, um, yeah, I think people being very specific for the questions is helpful. I did, not going to lie, I had a few women that applied that just said, this would be awesome. Right. That's <laughs> it. And so right. with that type of answer, it doesn't really give me their story. Yeah. And I have no background. This would be really great to get training after. I mean... It would, yeah, I would, you know, but that doesn't give me any background on you. So if you are applying, definitely give me more of a backstory and tell me a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've definitely, uh, Drew Mack and I did a, a scholarship program for one of our, one of our programs that we ran and we had so many applicants with amazing stories that Drew and I were both on the phone like, oh my God, I wish yeah. I could have 10 more of these, you know. And it ultimately it did come down to the people who 
gave us the most in the yeah. application and who, who really explained their situation and explained why it would be good for them and what they would do with it and where they would take that in the future, you yeah. know, and pull at the heartstrings. Yeah, exactly. So definitely give the more of your story. Yes. Um, if this is something you really want to do. Yeah. And, and if then you feel like you need it. So yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. And then what do these women like? What's the training with you look like start to finish? How do you see that going? So it really, I always hate that I have to say this. It depends on the person because it's it's a real answer yeah it, it does because like i said the woman who has had cancer and has to go through chemo and radiation and has had her lymph nodes removed is going to start from such a different place than the woman who has just had a and not to say just because it's still such a process but who has done it preventatively right. they're going to have a much quicker recovery sure or a woman who has had a double mastectomy and a hysterectomy. Mm. You know, that is so emotional to then, you know, you're not going to have kids anymore. Right. So I have not done that yet, but it is something that I do have to do, you know, and it messes with your head. So especially being a woman. So sure. um, it really, yeah, it depends on where they are emotionally. A lot of um, like, for example, one of my clients right now, um, sometimes we spend 20 minutes of the virtual session just kind of talking about stuff and how sure. they're doing. And yeah. um, so it does become a little bit of life coach style. And yeah. then um, and that's why they're yeah. there with you. Right. And then um, I have other ones that are more athletes and want to get straight to it, but I almost maybe have to hold them back just a little bit because yep. I don't want them to get injured because, you know, I was the same way going into it. I wanted to go, go, go. But there mm -hmm. is a certain amount of time that you need to heal so nothing rips open again. Right. Uh, but after that, you're you're pretty good to go and you may still have pain, but having someone like me know exactly how that felt, it's kind of nice to know that you can push through that pain. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it goes yeah, back and to... Yeah, you're going to have people who are afraid to give enough. Yes, I was, know? yeah. And especially if they re-injure something once, you know, then they're going to hold back too much the next time. And, and having somebody who's gone through it and understands it is... Yeah, that's the big important part of all of this, frankly. So yeah, it was funny. I was listening to the this the two years ago one, yeah. and God, has it been two years? Really? Yeah, I couldn't even remember what we talked about. So I was yeah. like, oh, I should listen to that again. And I have very visceral visceral memories of that conversation. Actually, <laughs> I uh, I didn't even realize I talked about certain things, and I had forgotten. My mom was sitting Your mom right was there. there. She was yeah. sitting right there. <laughs> And uh, I talked about having a labrum tear and so many things and certain things I didn't fix. And I realized I didn't remember certain injuries either. <laughs> mm. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny to look back a couple years and go, oh, wow, oh, I still have that, but it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> so there is hope yeah. when you do have an injury, know that, yeah, it's, it's going to be fine. <laughs> Yeah, and if you haven't, I mean, if you're just finding this podcast and this is your the first time you've heard from Joss, 
you should go back and listen to that episode. And, you know, her story is, is impressive. And, and I think there's a lot to learn from it, whether you're a cancer survivor or not. Um, there's something you can pull there and, and it's a great place to send people who may be in your life, who, who are dealing with cancer in one way or another and who are dealing with their identity, you know, being, being threatened. Um, it's a, it's a good conversation. So go back and listen to that. Where do you anticipate people? You said you have a website. Yes. People will be able to go there, apply. Mm -hmm. Um, is this going to be a thing where we can all donate money to? Is it going to be a drive that you're looking for, um, you know, corporate backing? Have mm -hmm. we talked to climbing companies, any of these things? What are... Yeah, so I I didn't think about really going corporate until I had talked to this one woman that had mm -hmm. donated money. I had just gotten coffee with her, and she started kind of telling me all about the ways a nonprofit could go. It is really difficult if you don't have a nonprofit to try to get large sums of sure. donations because they want that tax write-off. They want the tax write-off, exactly. Yeah. And so I realized it does just kind of, I think, have to come from individuals right now until maybe in the future. Mm -hmm. I do do something a little bigger. Um, I mean, future would be sweet if there was also a PT that wanted to join mm. and, you know, a massage yeah. therapist, you know, all these services that women could also get because okay. you are a mess after. So sure. it would be awesome to just get treated. I had um, actually... Again, I like this thinking yeah, out loud my, thing here. My, uh, my hair lady, she, she actually is going to be giving hair advice or hair products to the five women that had one also. Cool. So it's just, you know, you have such awesome people that come out of it. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, companies may be in the future. For now, people will be able to just go to the GoFundMe link. And, you know, I always just say, you know, $5. If everyone gave $5 to whatever, don't you know, nonprofit or yeah. thing there is out there, everything would be so successful. But, you know, it is hard to make people not have the coffee or just <laughs> give yeah, them and, a couple dollars. So. Money is a big stress for a lot of people. Exactly, you know? especially it's, now. Yeah, it's tough to... Yeah, I just did an episode with um, Mr. Clipping Chains. He runs the, the website uh, Clipping Chains, which is financial independence for climbers. And money is this really taboo conversation. And it's a a thing that causes a lot of stress when we start talking about it, you know? Yeah. Um, which is too bad. Um, it is interesting though, you know, during this pandemic, I do think that people have come together more and helped each other out. And I do think that within climbing, there's such a community that if we can all, you know, if there are 10 organizations that want money even if you are giving five ten dollars it yeah. really isn't that much you know yeah so maybe just taking a step back and thinking about it that way and that's kind of what i've done too so when i see something i do try to just you know 
give the five bucks, even though there's maybe five other things going on. Um, it does feel like a lot though, because mm -hmm. now there are so many, there's so much need for help with yeah. everyone. So yeah, totally. yeah, it is, it, it can be hard to shuffle through. Totally. Um, question for you and this, I'm partly just curious if you've thought about this or if you've just been, I mean, I'm sure you have thought about it, but I know it's really easy to latch on to something that you're passionate and excited about and to run with it. Um, there's, there's no shortage of people who are making money in the fitness industry and doing pretty damn well. Mm -hmm. Um, after our first conversation, when you were kind of testing the waters of working with women who'd had mastectomies and, you know, cancer, survived cancer, why decide to really jump into that at this level? That is an awesome question. It, uh, I think it was really the woman who wanted training yeah you know because she's the catalyst for the she whole was. thing i do have to thank her for it and um i mean i <clears throat> i listened back to the last podcast and i was so timid and said i i wasn't sure what i wanted to do i wasn't sure whether i wanted to even identify with mastectomy right. women anymore um i knew that i just wanted to focus on myself yeah and I think I, you know, it's been two years, over two years now, and mm -hmm. I, I had done that. I had focused on myself. I, I had climbed my first nine, you know, uh, for bouldering. And you get to a certain point, I think, in climbing that, or at least I did, where I felt like, okay, what am I doing this for anymore? Right. So um, the timing was perfect, I think, also, that she had reached out about training because I was in a place that I, I felt mentally and physically healed. So mm, I felt that I could sure. then give back. Um, and I had not really had any mastectomy clients previously. Mm. It had only been maybe a few, um, which was awesome to work with, but some of them didn't last and I didn't hear back from them. Yeah. Um, so this has been awesome and it's really driven a, a very certain type of personality too and women who have a goal too which yeah. is always amazing for a coach when someone has a specific goal because then you know the steps to get there rather yeah. than i just want to be fit i want to climb harder mm -hmm. <laughs> you know so um yeah she definitely was a catalyst yeah and so. it sounds like it gave you some purpose for that, sure that I think, maybe you've been searching for yeah yeah I think so too um because I think I was a little lost before and if you listen back to the last podcast I was just going through so much identity shifting so yeah I I feel like I can now say that I help women with mastectomies but you know I'm still training you know, other elite climbers and getting to work with, you know, kids like Colin at Team ABC. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think I didn't feel like it was enough to just just work with climbers. Um, and this is, you know, my opinion of it, but 
you know, you get some people that they just want to climb harder. They want to get to the grade. And I don't know. I was in that spot within running and for what? Right. You know, what are you doing this for? You know, people get such in their head about climbing harder or there's just, especially with the pandemic, there is so much more to the world. And, um, I don't know. She came into the picture and had this thing that she needed and I was ready. So, yeah. Yeah. Boy, you were just about to open up a whole new (laughs) conversation that could go for like four and a half hours. (laughs) Um, that I think a lot of us have been struggling with, you know, trying to come to terms with. I've, I've talked to so many people who yeah. just don't know where they stand right now. Yeah, it's hard right now. Yeah, and so I'm just learning about your, you know, your grant program and these ideas that you have. And I love the idea of helping pull the ideas out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm 100% fine with getting you more excited about something, even if your partner is going to go, whoa, hold on, let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, because I think it's important, and I think that you're the type of dynamic woman who can, who can do it. So I'm going to keep holding you accountable to some degree. Um, what else about the grant program? What don't I even know to ask about? Um, honestly, I think the biggest things are describe why you think, honestly, you deserve it, why obviously I think everyone deserves it, but give me a little bit more of a description. Um, I did want it to just get to more ears Yeah. about um, even donating to the grant program. Um, I'll probably, you know, be all over it in October trying to, um, raise a little bit more because I think I just need enough for four more women now. So it Mm. would be awesome to be able to do that by the end of October. So I'll definitely try to have certain goals to hit. Um, do we, are we able to say roughly what the cost is per woman? Like what are, what are you looking for per woman? So let's see, I would actually have to calculated a little bit so i kind of just based it off of what my training costs for online yeah and especially now that you have a better idea of what it looks like to work with these women it's it's about 750 Mm -hmm. per woman um for three months of training so which is not an insane amount no not at all um so and then that that gets them to whether they just came out of radiation and they're you know cleared and the key is Mm -hmm. they're cleared to be able to train um and getting their confidence back i was just you know talking with my partner about this as we drove here um i if someone was doing what i'm doing when i was you know take me back two three years ago i would have paid for it (laughs) absolutely to get get it yeah i reached out to so many people to try and figure out how long and when I would be able to be back to where I was. And everyone just said, be patient. Yeah. And that is one of the most frustrating things for an athlete to hear. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know many patient athletes. Yeah. So I, I think that there is truth to that, but there is also little timelines. 
And I think that's what it's about is creating the little timelines Mm -hmm. rather than just saying be patient. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that me having gone through it is really what is key and knowing what it's felt like because even PTs that I had gone to after, you know, would ask me, how does it feel? You know, they had no idea. So there is some, a little bit to that too. Yeah, for sure. So, and we'll have, you know, I assume by the time people are hearing this, we'll, you'll have a place where people can go and Mm -hmm. donate. You'll have the applications up on your website and I'll have links to both of those things right in the show notes. We'll be promoting it on our Instagram too and all the places. Um, I think it's important and you know, from like my own kind of selfish um, place that I sit over here in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, and kind of look at the climbing community. Um, it's something I've been involved with for 20 plus years. And, and it's so cool to watch people building their own businesses and, and becoming people who not only are making a living within the climbing industry, but also helping other people who are in the climbing industry. And from my perspective, there can't be enough of that. You know, um, I'm happy that I can help get the word out about other people's endeavors, whatever it is that they're trying to build. And it makes me so happy to see yours coming from this place where I sat down with you and your mom and mm-hmm. and talked through the identity of who am I now, where do I want to go, to now there's this this mission, you know, you've got this yeah, purpose. It feels like it's still just the beginning, but it, yeah, and that's kind of, I mean, why I wanted to talk to you again, just to let people know and have more people hear about it um and that accountability so yeah yeah i appreciate it yeah well thanks for driving all the way out here yeah and for doing this i one of the things i just absolutely fucking love about doing this podcast is Mm -hmm. that i get to sit down across from people and have real conversations that that frankly just can't happen nearly as well they don't flow as well they don't feel right over the phone or over zoom or Mm -hmm. something like that and you know i feel like i mean we we haven't had any we've never climbed together Mm -mm, really we've never there's there haven't been other instances where we're hanging out we just have seen each other now and then we've done a little work together in the past Mm -hmm. but we got to sit down and have this amazing hour plus long conversation and it it creates these relationships that Mm -hmm. that are important so yeah no I think it goes back to the community you know everyone has this mutual love and you can just go based off of that yeah and even more so now you know Mm -hmm. in a time when we don't get to sit across from people and have conversations nearly as often as we may once have been able to do. 
Exactly. It means a ton to see faces and to see smiles and Mm -hmm. see tears well up and to see all of those things happening when I get to talk to incredible people. Yeah. So thanks for coming out here. Oh, thank you. Yep. The mission of what Power Company Climbing is has changed you know it's being remolded into something entirely different and and you'll all be seeing that over the next year two years three years as long as we're around and i appreciate so much the other coaches and businesses uh, in this space in this industry who really want to make a difference who want to strengthen this community not just physically um Joss is a great example of that, and she's taken her experience and is now passing on the knowledge that she gained, the strength that she gained, mental, emotional, physical. She's passing that on to other women who are having similar experiences, and like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be able to help with that, and I'm so excited to watch this thing grow. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You all know what to do. There are links right there in your pocket supercomputers to help Joss on this mission. Uh, it's a it's a rolling rolling fund. So once she meets the goal, doesn't matter. Keep keep donating. Keep helping. That's just going to allow more women to train with Joss to find their identities as athletes again so thank you a ton for helping out with that thank you joss for coming up and talking to me again so happy to be able to help with this you can find joss online at body and route b-o-d-y-e-n-r-o-u-t-e route root however you say it i use both i go back and forth i don't know which is right But you can find Joss there. You know how to spell it. Get there. You can also click those links in your Pocket Supercomputer show notes. You can find us at PowerCompanyClimbing.com. You can find us on the Instagram and on the Facebook at PowerCompanyClimbing. You should absolutely share this GoFundMe on your Twitters. We will not be there to press the like button or the... I don't even know what's on there because... We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time